Welcome to Real Estate Gold Crushers with Laurie Finkelstein Reader. Get ready to propel your business forward with meaningful tips, insight, and advice from the biggest names in the industry. Let's get to it. Hey, everybody, it is Lori Finkelstein Reader with Table Talk Live. This is our first Table Talk Live in 2021. I am super excited about today's guest. And I just want to remind everyone how Table Talk Live was born. So for those of you who know me and those I'm going to get to know over time and over the years, um, the way I was able to grow a really big real estate business was because I made sure that I had great mentors, that I found people that were accomplishing things that I wanted to be accomplishing. Um, in today's world, our mentors don't necessarily have to be physically with us, but they can be spread out all over the place. So uh, early last year, we decided uh, to put together a Table Talk Live. And now I go out into the industry and I find amazing people that will help you move your businesses forward faster. So without further ado, I get the pleasure today to introduce Roman Pavlik, who happens to be our top number one agent on the Lori Finkelstein Reader Real Estate team. Um, I still don't, I will still never forget the day that Roman reached out to me five years ago and said, hey, can we meet? I would love to have a conversation with you. And Roman and I met in a pancake house at like 6 a.m. and the rest is history. So Roman, I just want to, number one, thank you for taking time out of your schedule and jumping in. I know your passion for agents and your passion for teaching and coaching. I mean, you lift our organization up nonstop. So I just want to thank you first off for taking the time to do our Table Talk Live. And um, you guys, we call him the Romanator and he is the Romanator. This guy's amazing. I mean, in a year, 40 plus million dollars a year in real estate. Okay, I could just go on. Um, Roman, I wanna welcome you. Welcome to Table Talk Live. Thanks for being here. Not sure what to expect, but I'm sure it's gonna be fun. I promise I'll go easy on you. Don't worry. You are in the hot seat, but I'll go easy on you. Um, so I think one of the things when I thought about you coming on as a guest, I, the first thing that came to my mind was like, you've had this amazing career. And even though you're 20 years into it, it's like you're just getting started. I watch you constantly reinvent yourself. I watch your business just has no limits. It keeps growing. Tell me, you know, what got you here? If you were to like pick out some things that got you where you are today so that maybe some of the people that are watching, they could rip and duplicate those. Uh, they could maybe skip some of our mistakes and what have you. So let's start out with what got you into this amazing spot you're in today. So, you know, I, I look back, going back 20 years ago, I started got my mortgage license, did that part time. And uh, I actually was door knocking on people who were not paying their mortgage. I had to convince them to refinance their, their, their homes, consolidate their debt, and lower their monthly payments. Over 20 years, I cannot think of something more difficult than that. So I just didn't know any better. I thought that's what everybody did to get loans back then. So the, the lender gave me a, a bunch of names and addresses. And every night I was driving, knocking on doors, trying to get people to make applications and, and refinance their mortgages. So... That uh, anything after that was a was a cakewalk, but yeah, um, I pretty quickly realized that 
you know, I would start doing loans for other people and I was being shocked. They, they, you know, the, their interest rate by eLoan.com was 0.01% less. I was getting shocked. And I said, they don't trust me, I guess. So I, I got my real estate license so I could work with buyers to feed my loan business. But then that grew. So I said, you know, well, let's, let's get an assistant to help me. And uh, that grew into a team. Um, and then I got a real estate coach. So the real estate coach was probably the best thing I ever did early on because I thought that I knew everything when I started. I knew I had the skills, but I forgot that we have to be real estate marketers in order to get people to actually call us to do business with them. You could be the best agent in the world. If your phone's not ringing with a steady flow of leads, you're not going to do business. Right. So, so I think a lot of people need to be a marketer and figure out how to get business before you can learn how to do it. You just said something that really dawned on me. Two things that really hit me that I hope everyone's writing this down and taking notes. You got the hard work out of the way first, right? You door knocked, you went out there, you hit the pavement, you did things that a lot of us, including myself, were absolutely scared to death to do. You did the hard stuff. So you built this foundation that said, you know what, if I can do that, I can do anything. And I love that. You know, um, I similarly to you, you know, I never worked really in a real estate office. I decided if I want clients to come to me, I'll just sit in an open house seven days a week. But the biggest thing you just said that really hit me was that how do I, that they didn't trust you? How do I get them to trust me? How do you get that consumer to trust you? Can you touch a little bit on maybe some of the things that you've done early on that got you where you are today because you've got this pipeline of business. I've never seen anything like it personally. And I, I know you are in love with the phone, but how did you get them to trust you? Because a lot of us, especially now in the digital age, imagine like we really have to prove ourselves, right? We need to build trust. How did you yeah. do that? So times have changed. And I'm sure two or three is going to change again. Back then there was no social media. There were no reviews. You know, all you could do was check the Better Business Bureau or check the licensing complaints, and that was it. So now uh, people know right away they Google you. And if you talk to a seller or buyer, they're going to Google you and look you up. It's just that simple. So I, I Google myself every single week. I need to know what's coming up. So if you're an agent out there thinking to, you know, to get more business or, more importantly, uh, finding out what you're good at and targeting that. But you got to make sure that the people you're targeting, they're Googling you. Do you like what's appearing there? That took me a long time to make sure that, you know, that that was, that was uh, acceptable to me. So first step is Google your name, what appears online. That's what they're going to go by. I love so, it. And then, so once you pass that, then they got to, you know, but they're going to do that with six or seven different agents. So once you've passed that first test, now you're getting the invite to their house or maybe to work with them as a, as a buyer agent. You're not the only person they're talking to. They're probably talking to one, two, or three more. Oh, and yeah. uh, then you've got to figure out, then your skill can play into it. So one of the one of the things that, uh, I don't know if anybody else is doing it, you know, when I get a seller inquiry that comes in, first thing I do is I send an email that shows you all the marketing that we do to sell their property. So they right away in five minutes know, what do we do that's different? Everybody says, what are you doing different than the other 40,000 agents down here? Right, so but, said, but the thing that you just said, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but what you just said, it was so key. So I think a lot of real estate agents, we get confused about saying things about how great we are and how many houses we've sold and all the things we've done. But the reality is the consumer wants to know, what are you going to do for me? 
They all listen to the same radio station, WIFM. There you go, WIFM. I like it. So you fire off emails talking about what you specifically, Roman Pavlik, are going to do to earn their business and earn their trust. I well, part of it is though most of the stuff that that you're going to do because it's it's coming out from your name and you've got the 20 years of all the marketing and the you know 60 70 thousand dollars a month of marketing expenses that I can show them we are going to do this so I'm leveraging right. your name to make sure that that we show them everything we're going to do that nobody else can compete with. I love it. Use me and abuse me, Roman. Use that, <laughs> use that brand. Do what you want to do. I love that. I love that. Now, the okay. second and more, most important thing is. I sent him a property analysis email because what I realized was I had, I was losing too many opportunities when I meet the seller at the house and they all want to know the same thing. What's my house worth? When you show them the, the properties that you're going to be looking at, if that's the first time they're seeing it and they don't like what they're going to, what they see, they're immediately going to shut off. And you're the one who's bringing the bad news to them. Yeah. And I kept missing the boat on this. I had to figure out a way to make sure that I'm not the bearer of the bad news. But I realized was, they need time to just digest the reality. At yeah. first, they say, oh my God, these are so low. I'm not gonna sell for this and I'm the bearer of the bad news. And the next agent comes in and they list it for the price I told them to. So I had to figure out why is it happening? So that's how I created the property analysis email. So now the second email I sent to the seller right after I speak to them is, I sent an email that says, here's what your tax record says. Here's the sketch or floor plan of your house. Here's what Zillow, Redfin and Realtor.com all show about your house that the public sees. Right. Those right. values, those those estimates are off, could be off 10, 20%, or it could be spot on. It depends. But it's coming up. So I'm addressing it up front. Then I send them a, a, a chart that shows them, you know, what's happening in the area. Are there more sellers? Are there more buyers? Which is the market going? And then I just send them the relevant properties. I send mm -hmm. them homes that for sure are gonna sell for more than what their property is worth, homes that are for sure gonna sell for less. And then start kind of narrowing it down so they in their mind can come up with a range of value. The reason why I do this now is these are facts. I'm not, I never tell them this is what your house is worth. I'm just saying this is what the buyers see right now about your house. When we meet, we're going to go over the strategy on how to put your house in the correct light and how to, how to overcome you know, some of that information out there. So now what happens is they see it. They read it. Now the emotion comes back and says, wait a second. That house only sold for this little. That house only sold for this little. Hi. Now look at this. Did you know the Smiths only sold for seven hundred thousand? So now they have a chance to go through there and talk about it with the family, and the emotions come out and the reality sets in. So when I come to the house, we can have a meaningful discussion. And now what happens is they say, "Wow, you're the only realtor who took the time to send us all this. We're so happy you did because we all we had, we were thinking of you know our our property's worth a lot more, but after what you sent us, we understand the reality." So now we're at the table, their emotions are out of the way and we can get down to business. Yeah. Your um, Roman, this is one of the things I love about you, you know, your passion for the listing side in particular of the business, though I know you do work some buyers, but your passion comes through, right? Um, you made me think of a question I want to ask you one, your level of preparation, you know, I think, 
even myself as a younger agent, and I don't think agents realize how critical it is to be that market expert and to be prepared and to be able to really talk the numbers with a seller, because obviously that's going to build a lot of trust and a lot of confidence. But your passion comes through so loud and clear when it comes when, when I'm listening to you. Um, of course, you and I get the question all the time. They say, and, and this is about the path of how you got here. It all ties back to that same question. They all say, you know, wow, Roman Pavlik, like, why doesn't he have his own team? You know, why isn't Roman Pavlik building his own team? And I'm like, you should ask Roman. He's been there, done that. He can tell you all about it. You know, and we've learned over the years that amazing agent, high productive agent doesn't always equal team or team leader, right? Um, it's, I always say it's at the end of the day, you know, for me, it, are you profitable? Are you passionate about what you're doing? Are you having the life that you want? Can you tell me a little bit about, or everybody who's listening, how you got here, your path into being a top, top, top producer in the industry alone, and the top producer in I would say the fastest independent brokerage in all of South Florida, that's fastest growing independent brokerage in all, all of South Florida. Tell me about that and your perspective. Sure. So I think we all start the same way, thinking we're going to service everything for everybody, right? We're going to take sales, we're going to take rent us, we're going to commercial, uh, somebody else to buy a shopping center. I made all those mistakes, but you figure out after you've done 10 or 15 transactions in each, what you're best at. And the only way you're going to build a successful business is if you have the bus and all the right seats on the bus are filled with the right people. And after about 15 years, I realized I'm, maybe I'm super we're glad here. you're on our bus. <laughs> I'm super happy you're on our bus. Go ahead. So, uh, me too. So uh, I, I realized, I said, you know what? If you're a solo agent, whether you like it or not, you're the administrative assistant, you're the receptionist, you're the runner. You're the lockbox person. You're the transaction coordinator. Each one of those skills is worth a different amount of dollars. And if you're not generating leads and prospecting, everything else, you're going to be making whatever those are worth. You know. So I had to realize that my greatest skill was in the luxury market where I was operating for the most part. And I realized I couldn't be out there on listing appointments and running a business at the same time if it was going to be successful and at a, at a real pace. I mean, my team sold what wouldn't you Wouldn't you also agree, which I found out when I organically ended up with the team, that these are very different skill sets as well, right? Well, it's the bigger you get, the more finite the skill you have to realize. And, and now I realize every minute of the day is so important because you can't get that minute back. That's another lead you could have called. And that's another, 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 you know, another sale you could have closed. So okay. if, if we, good, go ahead, no, go ahead. I know. So, so when that, you know, when after 15 years, years, I had to really figure out where, where am I going to go? Because I didn't feel like I was the right person to be the leader of an organization when, when the market, the luxury market started coming down in 2015. That's when, that's when it happened. And that's when I had agents go out to the properties. Because back then you just list, signed a listing agreement with what the seller wants. You want one, one, one million, two million? Agents just say, no problem. I'm the go-getter. Let's give it a shot. You right. can't beat the market. Doesn't matter how motivated you are. If there's other people listing the properties lower than yours, you can be a salesperson to be blue in the face. Buyers are going to go buy those. You can't stop them from doing it. 
And that's when I realized, I said, oh my God, I need to be the agent that goes out to the seller. And if they don't agree to where the property needs to be, I need to be willing to walk away, let the other agent go there, fail, and I'll get it back in six months. And unless you've been through those failures, it's very hard to know what the, how to recognize those patterns, how to recognize the sellers who are real sellers. And that's why I said, I need to be only doing that. If I could have somebody else just to handle everything else, the hiring, the firing, the, the onboarding, the marketing, the advertising, and just do that, I know I can maximize my income by help someone else. So oh, wow. that's when I called you. I said, well, you know what? You, you're running this team that I was jealous, Laurie. You had leapfrogged me back in 2011, 2012. I was beating <laughs> you in 2011. But then you suddenly kept growing and growing. And then looking. What's that? I said, yeah. so I was looking at the agents that were producing and I said, you know what? I'm going to do what I should have done was a brand new agent. Go join a team, do what you do best and let somebody else worry about the rest. I love I, that it. actually rhymes. I'm going to, I got to write that one down. Write that down, Roland, because yeah. you and I are not going to forget it. We're not going to. Um, so it. then, you know, you and I were talking about it and I said, boy, if I could just do that and have somebody else do the rest, you said, that's funny. If I could have somebody just to handle luxury part of the business, because I love doing the rest of it, and here we are, just kind of worked out where I know my lane, I know what I'm best at, and I'm feeling a need that you had, and you're feeling all the other needs th that I had because the market had shifted, and I, I couldn't do both and run a successful business. I mean, you're more than just meeting a need. You're becoming, if not already, like – the name in luxury real estate like we know in 2021 2022 our plans and the things that we're going to roll out are going to be absolutely amazing so what i'm hearing you say is it just really matters who you're in business with you know and I, I tell everybody who's watching if you're missing someone in your life if you're missing someone in your business you just got to talk to more people so you can find the right person for your organization so yeah, everybody should get a Roman Pavlik. He's the most amazing person. He's really awesome. Roman, more than anything, like your heart, you just have a, a beautiful heart. You want, you care about other people succeeding. You love teaching, like your passion comes out. You can hear it. Um, you and I talk about something a lot, and I think this can help a lot of our viewers, especially our younger crowd that's looking to get into real estate or they're in their first five years. And that's the misconceptions that real estate agents have when we think real estate. And um, with your knowledge, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Well, everybody gets into real estate because they want to make more money, only work their own schedule. And you know they have a passion for homes, which is a great, great way to start. Yeah. But what happens is after they sell a home to their family, to their friend and to their neighbor, they've done three sales. Suddenly they have to deal with the public. And that's the hard part. So now you're dealing with people who are not loyal to you. We're going to interview you against four or five other people. And that's the difference where you have to learn how to say the right thing over the phone. And that's where the experience comes in. I made $7,500 my first year of real estate. I was ready to, to, to go be a bartender. I mean, what else am I going to do? Say that again. You made how much your first year? $7,500. Okay, now we can take that same number and add a bunch of zeros on the end. So obviously time on the task, there's something to be said about that. So um, I also agree with you on misconception. I think that people who are getting into real estate, I, I mean, I personally don't care, you know, if, if every appointment you have is booked for you and uh, you don't have to do any of the, any other piece besides meet a client. If you cannot fall in love with that phone 
and fall in love with sending video text messages and fall in love with communication to the consumer. I just don't know how you're going to win in this in this arena. And is it really fair to the consumer? Right. You know, when they raise their hand, isn't it our job to make sure we are right there in front of them when they need us? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's uh, it's accelerated because there are large companies out there now that are capturing the consumer, offering them a, a morning till night, seven days a week experience. And, you know, every agent says when they start, ah, oh, I'm here 24 seven for you, you know, that's all great until you're actually with someone else and somebody else needs something at the same time, right? So, <laughs> I mean, the 24 uh, seven, I remember myself as a young Yeah, girl. we all said it. Yeah, I think my voicemail said something like, you know, hey, you've reached Lori. Um, I'm sorry, I can't take your call. You know, I'm available 24-7. Okay, no one's available 24-7. Yeah. So be careful when you set those expectations yeah. for anyone in your life. Um, so Rowan, talk to me if you would a little bit about, you know, there's this massive fascination with luxury, especially in the Miami market, Fort Lauderdale, like the whole yeah. South Florida market. Um, Tell me a little bit, you know, everyone watching, I know they're interested to know, like, how did you get into luxury? Yeah. What are the plans for luxury? What's next? What does that look like? Yeah. So uh, the way I got into luxury was, um, yeah, I had a couple of clients and I used to play tennis. So uh, I'm from Czechoslovakia. So when I used to travel with a lot of my, you know, Czechoslovakian uh, former uh, players, uh, you know, those became buyers and sellers uh, in their mid thirties and forties. So those are people that trusted me. So it was easy to sell those properties. Dealing with the public from a luxury basis is very, very difficult because they only do business with people they know and trust. Right. So um, then I started uh, when the market was bad in 2008, 9, and 10. Banks were giving me their luxury properties that I would be selling. That was such a great experience because I realized how hard it is to actually sell a luxury home because. Even the banks are underpricing the properties. I said, oh, this is going to sell right away. It still goes on 30, 60, 90 days because the luxury buyer is so picky and, and discriminating that if the house doesn't feel what they want, they're just not even going to make an offer. Right. So that's when I realized how hard it was. And I was really able to apply that principle when I started selling those. Now neighbors would start calling me saying, hey, we saw you sold this house. Ours is the same model. Can you come over and take a look at it? They trusted me because I sold the house next door. Right. So, uh, so I got into that, but um, I got a luxury coach. Uh, I read the book "Rich Buyer, Rich Seller." Great uh, two-day course, right? The two-day course of luxury homes. Yeah, I, 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 in our head. You and I have talked about this, and I would recommend for those that are interested in luxury, invest in the luxury course. It's the luxury. What's the name of the the, the uh, Institute for Luxury Home Market? We've all taken that course. We've read this book. Um, yeah, that was a game changer for me as well, yeah. Roman. Yeah, that one. And David Machansky has a book called Power Marketing for Luxury Real Estate. That really took it to a little bit more technical level and okay. on the psychology of it and how to actually get listings and sell them and you know handle the unique parts of uh, the higher end properties. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there, you know. And, and most of it is though, I realized I go into neighborhoods I've never been to before. And the sellers trust me because I come prepared with the right information and I tell them store, I show them stories of other homes that we've sold that are in their price range. So oh. the location of the home doesn't matter. The concepts are going to apply the same way. I make sure that the sellers get their home inspected up front. I make sure they do an appraisal up front. 
I want to make sure that there are no contingencies. So like the property we have on the contract in Coral Gables, we sold it within $100,000 of the list price, no contingencies whatsoever, because buyers are very impulsive in this price range and they tend to buy and change their mind. We're selling a lot of these properties, no contingencies, here's your inspection report, it's all done. If you want to make an offer, you send your deposit, it's hard. You get real buyers. So just for fun, what was the highest price home you sold in 2020? 9.3 in, uh, in April, in the height of the pandemic. You say that so casually. You guys, did you hear that? $9.3 million. Wow, that's exciting. No um, contingencies. Oh my gosh, Roman. It's always clear. No contingencies. Um, so, you know, I get, I get asked this question a lot and I feel like you could answer it much better than me. And that is, do you see that the lead generation process is different in luxury versus let's say anything under a million, let's call luxury 1 million north. Uh, do you feel like the lead generation process is different for the us? The behavior should be exactly the same. Okay. Because what changes is the time frame. And I, the, the mistake I see agents make is they treat a $2 million lead the same as a $300,000 lead. Typically, people who have a $300,000 house or a $500,000 house, if they miss one paycheck, they got to sell the house. They're on a rush. They got to move. They have to do it. People right. in the $2 million range, they can buy, they don't have to buy, everything has to line up properly. So the mistake I see most agents make is they try and follow up with the luxury lead the same way they follow up with the seller lead. Yeah. And they think if they don't they don't respond to you in a couple of days, then that means they they're ghosting you. They're not. I have I have a lead that I've been working with since 1999. <laughs> 19, hey, he, had a, yeah, he had a baby, he was gonna move, he had a baby. Uh, and then he said, Well, I'm not moving now. So I've, I've talked to him every year, and now the kids uh just left high school, so he might be getting ready now. It's, it's been a 19-year. I do not have a 19-year follow-up plan. I might have to make. Oh my God. That's so funny. You know, no, I hear what you say because um, I'm a really big believer, and I teach real estate agents this every day. And that is that we as realtors and real estate agents, we're ready to transact today, right? Yeah. We we get a buyer, there's a seller, and we're like, we're ready to go. We want to sell you something. We want to list your property. When we get up into that luxury arena. Um, it's more of a need and a want. I'm sorry. It's more of a want than a need. Yeah. Right. So what what I what I have always done and what we share and you have taught me as well is that the important thing when it comes to that luxury client is that you your nurture your nurture skills are on point because when that luxury buyer or seller are ready, they're just going to raise their hand and say, OK, I'm ready out of the blue. Right. It's not going to be on our schedule. It's going to be on their schedule because it's a want. It's not a need. It's not like someone, you know, they've got uh, maybe just a new first time home buyer and they're moving out of their rental apartment and they're ready to buy a house. That's a need. Right. They need somewhere to live. Uh, the luxury home buyer and home seller are quite different. Um, so tell me, Roman, um, now that we're kind of like winding up here, um, tell me in as much detail as you want to go into like what's next, what's next for Roman Pavlik, who by my estimation, I don't really know any other agents. Um, I know some that are very close and they're on your coattails because they're on our team, but I don't know anyone yet um, that has accomplished what you have and like, and, and we're, what's the next, what's happening? What's your new North star? And I want to say something really quick before you answer that. And that is that, 
for, for all agents, um, for teams, single agents, I don't care what it is, you know, really surrounding yourselves with people who are definitely doing more than you. They've accomplished more than you. It may be intimidating, but that's how you grow. So uh, when Roman joined our organization, it, it's just like he elevated us and he put us on our toes and and made us pay a lot more attention to what we were doing. So I'm very grateful for that, Roman. So what's next for someone who's already accomplished all that you've accomplished? Well, as your director of luxury, I want to really grow our luxury brand uh, to unprecedented heights. I know now we have uh, some agents who are learning. Um, you know, I, I love that you have ISAs that take all the initial calls, you know, uh, pass on the, the, the real buyers and sellers onto us. Uh, so that saves us a lot of time. And uh, now being able to train everybody on the team to be able to know what to expect. I think that's where a lot of, lot of, lot of individual agents, I know who they are over the last 10 years, only focused on luxury. And the luxury market is very volatile. When, when things are not so good, the luxury market does not move and a lot of agents they have to be careful what they spend because they overspend on, on, on properties that are never going to sell. Uh, so there's part of it is teaching the agents what to say on the phone, making sure we have the right marketing budget for each home because you can't beat the market. If you know, two years ago, out of every 30 homes for sale, one would sell. You have to list 30 homes to sell one. So you got to be careful what you put in the market. So it's making sure we do the right budgeting, making sure the agents know uh, what to say on the phone to increase our conversion rates. And most importantly, make sure when we know to walk away and say, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I can't help you because that, you know, and then they'll realize it's six to 12 months that we were right. And they'll probably call us back later on. So it's, it's a lot of us training the agents on the team and the staff, how to navigate around that. You know, um, you just said a lot of times you've got to walk away and wait six to 12 months. And you guys who are listening, that's a real thing. Um, when you're nurturing and your follow-up are on point, like Roman, always that, always making those calls, sending those video text messages and really staying on top of the pipe, you do get listings, whether they're six months out, 12 months out a year and a half out. I've heard some in two and three years out. It's all about follow-up. And um, man, Roman, you're living proof that follow-up is key. It's like super key. And for me, I'm selfishly excited that our luxury department with you director of, as director of luxury um, is going to do very exciting things in 2021. So thank you for doing that. Is there any last thing you want to add? Because we're right on time. I can't believe it. Uh, yeah, you know, I have a lot of agents who want to shadow me. And I, I tell them, honestly, you're going to, you're not going to be very impressed. There's no <laughs> one magical thing that I'm doing. Uh, it's very boring. I, I think the hardest part in real estate is take our emotions out of the transaction, you know, because as soon as we sign a deal, we were thinking of the commission we're going to make and the deal falls through and we were counting on it. And when you, you've got to get it to a point where your lead generation does not change and the results will come. So I tell a lot of people, you know, watching me work in real estate is kind of like watching Bill Belichick, you know, at the Patriots. You know, he says the same thing over again. Uh, well, what do you think is going to happen next week? Well, you know, we're just going to try and get better and move on and, and uh, take it one game at a time. Well, well, the last lead didn't work out. So I'm going to make the next phone call. Next lead's going to come. I'm going to try and qualify them. I'm going to try and make the listing appointment. I'm going to go on. We'll get the listing. If not, I have to go back and keep practicing and, and move on. So that's and, how my everyday is. And what I hear 
is that you are focused on the controllables, things you can control, making the calls, staying on top of your pipeline, continuing to nurture and build trust with the consumer. Roman, I thank you from my heart. Is that a good one? My heart to yours. Um, you are very loved in the LFR organization and you are loved around the country. You've inspired and you've helped many. Um, for a lot of you, um, now that we are in this major virtual digital world, your mentors can be far, far away. You do not physically need to be with them. So make sure you follow Roman. Um, he can always teach you things and help you elevate your business. Thanks, everybody. And Roman, special gratitude for you. Thanks all for joining in to Table Talk Live. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Lori.